This podcast is powered by The Plug. Podcast listening people, how you doing today? Yeah. Really appreciate you listening in. Do us this tiny, tiny favor for bringing you this podcast. Please leave a review wherever you're listening. We're on all your favorite podcast platforms and make sure you subscribe for all the future episodes. My name is Connor Doobie and I'm your host each and every single episode and it's been a wild fun ride doing this thing and uh, by the way, if you want to come meet me in person, I am Speaking for the Denver Startup uh, Grind group on April 17th, you can uh, register for the link in my Instagram bio. I also have it on Facebook. I've shared it out a couple times, just Connor Doobie, C-O-N-N-O-R underscore Doobie, D-U-B-E. And you can also use uh, promo code Doobie, D-U-B-E 50 for 50% off of that talk. So Fireside Chat Denver Startup Grind is going to interview me and and get you guys uh, all the insight and kind of behind the scenes of building Mile High Mentors and some of the other stuff that I am up to. So we'd love to see you there. Love to meet you in person. Come say hey. Fantastic show for you today. Throwback show. Matter of fact, we have our very first guest that we've had on this podcast ever. Actually, matter of fact, our very first return guest uh, that we've had on the Mile High Mentors podcast. We haven't had any repeat guests yet. So shout out to Mark Doobie for coming on and uh, being with us and helping this, helping us with this from the very beginning. Mark Doobie is a personal, lifelong mentor of mine, real estate investor, multi-time entrepreneur. He founded an industry-leading content marketing organization that's been around for over 18 years now and author and none other than my very own father. So really fun podcast. We brought a lot of really interesting, tangible, actionable information uh, to you today. So can't wait to share with you. Before we get there, very quick, if you're interested in partnering up with Mile High Mentors, you want to collaborate in one way or another, something we're always open to and we do very, very often. So uh, you can just shoot us an email, milehighmentors at gmail.com. You could also send us a message on social media. Just slide on into the DMs. We're on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you find us. Instagram's probably what we use the most. Um, LinkedIn, you can ping me directly on LinkedIn. Uh, but yeah, send us a shout, milehighmentors at gmail.com. Let's see what we can do to collaborate and work with, with one another and uh, cross-pollinate our audiences, so to say. All right, guys, without further ado, please give it up for Mark Doobie on the Mile High Mentors Podcast. Mr. Doobie, this is very exciting. You are our very first guest ever, ever, ever on this podcast. You've watched this thing. Uh, uh, you were our uh, first guinea pig. So appreciate you joining. My pleasure, Connor. So how long have you been in Colorado for? I've been in Colorado for 20 years. And your favorite part about Colorado? My favorite part about Colorado is the wide open spaces and the freedom that it gives you to roam in a lot of places where you may never even see another person. Yeah. 
So was there something back in your childhood that you wanted to end up in wild free spaces here in Colorado? <laughs> well, I grew up in New York. Yep. That's cool, man. So uh, what you been up to since we launched this thing two years ago? Well, just uh, uh, kind of transferring the business from the original idea that we had, which was to um, do high quality newsletters for lots of different companies to creating uh, a business called Active Blogs which is designed to help other companies grow their business through their blog all the way down to, we are now uh, transforming over to one of the most effective um, LinkedIn strategies for businesses that have high dollar sales and high dollar uh, value customers, clients, and accounts. And so we're kind of building the, uh, the best of the best as it uh, pertains to utilizing that LinkedIn platform. And we've, so we've, we've grown the audience by thousands since we first had you on this podcast, you know, back, it was two years ago that we, that we first launched this thing. And so um, for those who, you know, haven't, who are new, they haven't listened to your episode yet. Give us just a little bit of context on your background, your, your professional background and, you know, take her back to what your ambitions were back when you were in high school, even, and, and where that's led you to where you're at today? Well, it's a little bit different from where it was in high school to where I am today. I originally thought I wanted to be a rancher or a farmer, or, uh, something along those lines. And so I actually uh, started off in ag school. And from ag school, I uh, decided that uh, working on the farm was not utilizing a lot of my skills and capabilities and my potentials. So um, instead of kind of going for that career on the farm, I decided to get into marketing. I, yep. And, and why marketing based on your skill? What, 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 what skill sets did you recognize in yourself that led you into realizing marketing was the path? Ideas. So I've always been great at uh, taking an idea, synthesizing it, uh, turn it into something. And so it could be fairly complicated and I could kind of break it down into something that's usable. And so I found out that a lot of my clients needed that. They uh, sometimes didn't even know how to explain the uniqueness of their own products or services. And it took my outside perspective to be able to kind of turn their uh, maybe engineering speak or their, uh, their uh, mechanical speak into uh, people speak. And so that's what I always love to do. And then also to tell the story. Uh, it, a lot of times it's easier uh, for somebody else to tell that story than for you to try to do it yourself as a business owner. So that's kind of how I started my business. So you like the ideas side of it. That's your favorite. <clears throat> I part. love the idea. Yeah. All the about creativity. the, all about the idea, the creativity and, um, and uh, synthesizing information. And you, even, even the ag focus was, was, a, was a focus early on, but uh, you had several businesses growing up. Share a little bit on that. Well, I can list about uh, 20 before I, before I actually- Or uh, even jobs. College. Jobs yeah, and businesses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I could have been I could have been on the the show the the dirty jobs because I pretty much uh, started around thirteen or fourteen uh, mowing lawns and pulling weeds and stumps and things from my neighbor's yards, shoveling snow, doing all those kind of things where you're younger, you don't really have any transportation. And so, you know, I go around the neighborhood with all my stuff and uh, help, you know, people with whatever they needed at that time. I, um, uh, even before that, I think one of my first actual job jobs was um, working for the guiding eyes for the blind, which um, basically took uh, service dogs and dogs and helped them, people who are visually impaired, uh, pair up with a dog and, um, and and how to do that and all that. And trust me, I wasn't on that side of things. Basically, all I really did was clean out the kennels. <laughs> um, I've gutted fish in a fish market. I've uh, picked rocks in a field. Uh, I've milked cows. I worked in the, uh, used to have to show up at four o'clock in the morning in the, in the dairy barn with a guy named Floyd and we'd milk cows for a few rocks and, <laughs> and a few rocks. Yep. And, uh, uh, Floyd smoked camels pretty much all day long. It was never left his mouth. <laughs> there, there were no filters to camels, so it, it didn't matter. I think he just smoked them down to the end. Oh my gosh. Just one of those guys that had a perma cigarette. I imagine him in like, in like a flannel and overalls every single day. Yeah. In high school, I used to, uh, sometimes I would drive for an hour because the the farm was not near me. Uh, I'd drive for an hour at uh, three o'clock in the morning, get there for and, uh, and milk cows. And if you didn't show up for that one, it it was kind of tough because the cows start like dripping. And so you want to get there before they start dripping the milk out on their own. (laughs) Everything you needed to know about milk cows. There's a good piece of knowledge that I'm sure people are really fascinated in. So being oh, in yeah. marketing for all these years now, would you, you want to go back to that life, right? The simple life, milking cows, farming, scooping dog poop. Well, honestly, I, I think simplicity is awesome and amazing. Um, if it's using the most of whatever it is, your talents are. So it could be simple. It could be complex. Uh, I just want to be making sure that uh, that those talents are being utilized for the proper things. Were mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, were they, were they, uh, did they push you into doing a lot of that at a young age, like working, working a lot of jobs and being entrepreneurial by nature? Or is that kind of a, a skill set that you just intuitively had when you were young? I think I could answer it this way. What young kid actually wants to go mow lawns? But um, I'm pretty sure it was my 13th birthday. I had a wrapped up uh, gift that I dove right into. I thought it was awesome because it was big in wrapping paper and everything. And it was a lawnmower. <laughs> if that answers your question. <laughs> So there's a little hint, hint. Hey, come on the lawn. <laughs> was that a hint just to get your, your own damn lawn mode? Or that was like, hey, go use this to make some, some money? Yes and yes. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, um, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Grandpa Doobie, he, he was an entrepreneur in some ways uh, for most of his life, right? 
actually, um, I, I think I broke the chain. Um, I, the grandpa on my grandpa on one of my sides was owned a, a butcher business. Um, and, uh, but my dad did not. So on my dad's side of the family, there is no entrepreneurs. And, um, so yeah, I kind of started that thing on my own. Yeah. Inga, Inga, uh, as an artist, so she was kind of, she was always, yeah. was she always an artist, uh, throughout your childhood and selling art? Like that was her main and being a homemaker, of course. Yep. She's an artist through and through. Yeah. So, um, what are, uh, one of the things that we had talked about before this w- was, and, and we had a conversation of like, Hey, we want to do an update podcast, but what are some of the things we want to talk about? And you really like the idea of ideas and, um, how to take ideas and turn those into businesses. And that's something that you've proven through real estate, through this business and in lots of other ventures that you've done time and time again. And I think is um, a lot of people struggle with that, taking something from idea to tangible thing. So what are some of the steps? What are some of the things that you wanted to talk on and share uh, in relation to that? Yeah, great question. Well, I think kind of going back to um, you were asking about my, um, uh, my humble beginnings, uh, my mom being an engineer and I'm sorry, my dad being an engineer and my mom being an absolute artist. Like if you, um, went to the dictionary and looked up artist, her name would come up. And so if, if you really think about it, those are really generally two really opposing things. Engineers are all about facts and figures and, you know, thing science and things that work artists are just kind of like, huh, it looks great. Okay. That's all I need. And, um, but both of them really, um, are about creation. It's just, you, you know, using, uh, different sides of your brain, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, but it's kind of like both are the same creating of something. And so, uh, so that's kind of maybe a little bit of how I got started in this is just having that, uh, both sides of the, having both sides of the equation. So you feel drawn to the real, the, the technical side, but also the real, not to say woo woo, but the artsy, the creative, the, um, uh, you know, flow state, touching into your flow state consciousness to come up with really creative ideas. Well, I got to tell you, um, I, I really, I really don't feel an affiliation to either one of those sides. Um, I'm not a, you know, engineering kind of mindset and I'm not an artist kind of mindset. You know, I'm kind of an anomaly, but to answer your question uh, that you were asking earlier, uh, you know, I just, at some point along the way, I started a business and I, as an idea in my head, Um, nobody was out there doing it uh, in the way that I did it. I came up with an idea in my head. At that point, I didn't even know how important ideas are and what you can do with an idea and the value of just a thought or an idea and how that can actually turn into something. Um, However, I wrote down on a bar napkin one day and diagrammed it out as to here's the business I was going to do. And uh, that business is still going 18 years later. So, um, 
idea in my head. There was no business plan to a business that's just ongoing and, and going stronger now than it was, you know, before. Well, so your background in franchising Remax offices back in the day um, helped fine tune a lot of your sales skills um, and, and probably a few other skills. Would you, like going back, would you have started a business like Proven Systems uh, sooner rather than working the corporate life, you know, as long as you did before jumping into entrepreneurship full time? Or do you think there's value in gaining the, the knowledge on someone else's dime at that time and then building the business? You know, I think you could go either way. Um, there's some people who, you know, kind of pop out of the box, never go to college. And um, actually, my, my, the, guy, the gentleman who started Remax International uh, was in the military and then pumped gas because he didn't really have a career or job after the military and started the, you know, one of the largest, best uh, real estate franchises in the world out of an idea in his head. So that really was an idea in his head as well. Uh, he was a good salesperson and got really great people around him. And, um, and it's, it's not just the idea for the business um, that you use to take ideas and turn them into things. It's all along the way of any business. You have to use that um, part of your brain to build systems and new ideas and fresh ideas to keep the business uh, current and relative and working. What, what, what drew you to getting involved with him back in the early days? Mm, it was magic. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it probably, uh, you know, you think, okay, you know, you get a job and there's, you know, some disconnection between what you really love and what the job is. But honestly, uh, probably the fact that they took an industry, which it was generally very um, traditional, slow to adapt, and absolutely revolutionized the industry. And really, uh, again, the thing was built out of ideas. The thing was, um, the thing was grown out of ideas. And it was all about synthesizing information that's been around for years, but turning it into something real and tangible and, it, and, and unstoppable. And that's really, you know, what Remax was. So I think, I was the perfect fit uh, for, for Remax. Um, as a matter of fact, I remember my first interview with Remax with the guy who was hiring me and uh, I, I, I absolutely flubbed it. It was like the worst interview ever. And uh, I was rusty, hadn't been a lot of interviews. I thought you still had cow shit on your shoes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was coming from the cow shit. Um, I fumbled and bumbled. I really wasn't in business before, uh, but, but a gentleman by the name of Bob Harple, who was at that time their international marketing director, uh, saw something in me. Um, I think he heard me talking to the receptionist on the way in and he's like, you could start up a conversation like that with somebody that you've just met. And I said, well, yeah. And I left thinking, I, there's no way I'm going to get this job. And he called me a day later and said, you're hired. So it wasn't like I had some magic job interviewing skills. I just think there was a natural, you know, fit for uh, my personality and, and that, and that bit particular business. So. And, and what's interesting is over the years you've, you've, uh, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm so 
lucky that I have you as, as a mentor, not only my dad, but as a mentor um, of, of mine over the years. Cause you've in, in me studying so many successful people, you have built your wealth over the years by doing what most successful people coach and preach, which is in taking your main source of income, reinvesting that into real estate and building your, your wealth through real estate and your main business, your main bread and butter business, whether you have a high paying sales job or salary job or you're an entre- entrepreneur. But was, real, was, was, was the Remax, was Remax what kicked off your passion for real estate or was it some, was there someone else in your family or some other mentor of yours that was like, Hey, this is the, this is where you need to be. You know, this is where you're going to make wealth and this is where you're going to be successful. No, honestly, the real estate thing has always been more of a kind of a sideline for me. The, um, the majority of my efforts and energies have gone into my main business, uh, proven systems and active blocks and then our real estate is um, is just kind of a way to uh, take uh, income that you've earned there and then kind of build it off to the side for me. Now, there's there's a lot of people who make real estate um, their one and only most important uh, thing. Uh, that's not me. Real estate is just like I, I enjoy it. It's kind of like a hobby. It gets my mind out of the other things that I do. Um there's a there's an old uh, Chinese proverb which I have to always remind myself of because it's it's so easy to fall in this trap, and I've seen uh, business owners get stuck in this trap and literally go out of business. Um, um, forgive me, whoever created this saying, I don't even know who you are, but um, <laughs> I'm probably going to butcher it too. But are, they may not be alive anymore, so yeah, yeah probably, or they may be listening to this podcast. Who knows? Yeah, there you go. You know, and it goes something like this. Uh, if you're chasing two rabbits at any given time, you're not going to catch either of them. And I constantly have to remind myself of that uh, because I'm the type of person, being the idea person that I am, I probably have 50 ideas for businesses and, and things that I could start at any given time. And so it really is work for me to kind of shut out some of these other things and it really just kind of keep that focus in going and growing with my, with my main business. Oh man. Well, so I usually, I don't like to talk too much about myself on, on, on this podcast, but I think this is relevant given our relationship is it, I, I really believe if there's one thing that you have bestowed upon me over the years that has really made the most impact for my uh, life, my income, my own success you know, I'm 25, but I, I you know, um, do a lot of great stuff for a 25 year old and, and, um, and I'm grateful for that. But the number one thing is that, is that Chinese proverb that you just talked about has made the most impact for me is chasing too many rabbits because especially now, like I grew up with social media in a different era than you. So there's in, in a lot others who are listening to this podcast that there's so many different things you can chase down to make a buck and businesses you can build and things you can chase. But the, the thing that has been the best is focusing. And I've had so many distractions come in. People approach me all the time to, you know, sell this for them, join their business, do this. And, and you've always, even from a young age, always 
over the years just said, focus, focus on that key thing. It's because I've really had to do that myself and force myself to focus. Um, it's, there's a real thing going on when you're an idea person to where like everything can turn into a business idea. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, bird poop can fall from the sky and I'm like, Hmm, there's gotta be a business behind that. <laughs> um, and, and so I've learned, I've probably lost more money being defocused um, and opportunity than I have been and being focused uh, at, even at my stage in my career now I have to really remind myself of that saying. And if you, and let me, let me say one thing which may help your listeners, Connor, because I think this is fairly normal. I think it's normal with people coming out of college and trying to get careers and also, um, you know, just entrepreneurs and, and things like that. If you seriously look at the most successful people in any field, no matter what it is, uh, they've pretty much cut off all their other opportunities and they just get great at what they do. They just get great at what they do and they keep driving that thing forward. And it's not to say someday you can't do something different, but the, I, but the people that are so super successful where you actually know their names, they, 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 get, they hunker down and they get focused. And that's true from everything from sports uh, down to uh, me, uh, multimedia people, uh, internet marketers, uh, business owners, uh, the truly greats just cut off all their options and just go down that path and keep learning and growing and getting better in, that, in whatever their field is. Yeah, that one focus. I hope, yeah, I hope that's helpful out there. It's hard. It's oh. hard to do, but, but yeah. It's, I, 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 would be, I would be in such a different direction without that. Like I, I would be, you know, broke chasing 20 different ideas around. And so, yeah, I mean, that's – it it's so common for the, for the millennials, even and, and I know baby boomers who are like that too, who I'm friends with and, and younger generation is they're, they're chasing every, anything and everything out there and nothing ends up getting done or nothing ends up actually being profitable. Yeah. Well, here's in my perspective on the whole thing, uh, part of the issue is, uh, and I, I'm not, I have nothing against career counselors or coaches or whatever, but um, just the system in general, uh, high school, college, just kind of the normal way normal people grow up uh, kind of puts you into a system that uh, it's not your system or your ideas or your values. And so um, if you really just think about it, you know, back well, 50 years ago, there were very specific career paths that you took, but now a lot of and those career counselors are still recommending those career paths, those in the box career paths. But it, uh, nowadays, like, would you ever think that somebody could be like a podcaster, uh, you know, all about how trains work or something like that? Like you create your own careers. We are in an idea and business revolution. And so being a lot of these in box careers, you can't just put them in a box and say, okay, I want to be a, you know, I want to be an accountant or whatever. I mean, you can do that, but if you want to really um, kind of create your own path, that's got to come from an idea in your head, which I think is kind of what you wanted to talk a, a little bit about further today, right? Is how to turn an idea into a real thing. Right. 
Yeah. And, and, and focus on it too. Be, yeah. Especially, well, think, I think the most popular, you've been in marketing for 18 years and I think it's one of the most popular business models out there is starting some sort of marketing agency or consulting or training and that's good, but you've, um, and, and we'll definitely get to the idea part, but I just want to touch on this real quick is you've built a successful business by not being a marketing company that is everything to everybody. You've even taken that and focused that in to one vertical and one particular, you know, complex, high dollar, a hundred percent B2B and content newsletters. That's all you did for, for a while. And then added blogs and you made a business that has built you millions and millions and millions of dollars in residual income over the years. So um, talk on that just a little bit. Did you have that intention going in and building the company or did that kind of evolve after you started and, and fine tune that into what it is today? Well, I got to I got to tell you, we made a lot of mistakes and um, in the beginning and um, I just need to put my headset back in here. Did you unplug your stuff? There we go. We made a lot of mistakes in the beginning. And uh, can you hear me? Okay. You can't hear me. Okay. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there you go. I don't know where his off button is, folks. I tell everybody, where is the off button? Yeah, those of you that are listening, I'm just shaking my my head and making mime faces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, in making a lot of mistakes, I, I can tell you the one thing that we did right was come into this business with a very specific focus, and just like you know just like trying to keep, um, keep focused with your career or your business, you have to keep focus within whatever you're doing. And when you're first getting started at anything, any business, it's easy to take anything that comes along because you need the money. And so, you know, people would ask, do we do websites? Do we, you know, any number of, do we do SEO? Do we do any number of different things? And, uh, I'd say one of the better things we did is just get great at what we do, which is provide um, complex uh, information into great content and put it in the form of newsletters, build the newsletters. We do all the writing, the research, and everything in those. What, so so why, why newsletters, though? What was it out of everything in your path you could have taken that newsletters was the was the decision and this is interesting I don't think I've ever even asked you that question before well it's interesting and, and funny because you know I, I feel like I'm on the bench or on the couch right now getting psychoanalyzed and uh, and I didn't really realize this myself but honestly it just goes back to uh, newsletters are the tool that help disseminate information for my clients so we were just helping our clients uh, take their information and get it out there to the people who needed it. But why newsletters? Uh, newsletters uh, are, are more of an informational tool. So it's less advertising and just more like show up, help your target market, let them learn, let them grow, let them understand what you do better and, and that. So that's, that's why newsletters. Was there, would you have, done something different, like what websites, would you have started with websites going back and looking at it in hindsight, or do you believe 
even if you had the chance to go back, you would still have stuck with newsletters over the years? Well, again, when you're getting started, anything and everything with money on the other end of it is tempting. Yeah. Uh, the, the trick is to really know what your, um, what your goals and objective are for your clients and, and really be behind whatever you should doing. I mean, there's a lot of great businesses that do everything. And, and so I'm not um, saying that that's not a viable business model. Um, I just feel like, I just feel like um, maybe if you get really good at one thing, it's helpful. I mean, if you really think about it, we live in a world of specialists mm. anyways. And so it's hard to get great at 20 different things, but if you really get hunkered down, I mean, if you look in the world of doctors, you know, you're talking about like, we don't even have foot doctors anymore. We like have big toe doctors. So there's guys that specialize on your big toe <laughs> and, and, you know, and so that's kind of like, you know, if you, <laughs> if you go down that, that deep, you know, you're, uh, you're really going to do be great at, you know, fixing the guy's big toe. Good. I was wondering what was going on with my big toe over here. Now I know there's an expert, there's a specialist out there for that. <laughs> well, one, uh, one thing you and I have talked about a lot over, over the years is, um, is that you, you have a business model that's different than a lot of agencies too, and that you, you, you bring a client on and they pay you consistently for years and years and years at a time. And so, I think uh, the, you know, the sexy thing to do for people who are listening to this starting businesses today is they see all these big guru experts out there that are like, oh, charge a hundred thousand dollars, you know, these big, like, you know, multi-million dollar, these big cash deals, but speak a little bit to being a business owner in a different kind of unique space where you've had this massive, massive retention rate with clients over the years. And what's that, what that, what the difference of that is versus what people kind of traditionally think their sales and their business should be like. Yeah. It, it costs 10 times more money, effort, energy, life force, everything to get a new client. That's never easy. You're getting somebody to trust you if, and they don't know you at that point. And so um, I kind of, built my business uh, around a model of a business of something that somebody's going to need over and over and over again. It's not something they're just planning to do for a long time. So uh, in my industry, like it's very flashy and sexy. It's much more sexy to go after the new lead, the new client, the new, you know, let's spend all our money on advertising where we just advertise, sit back and wait for people to come to us versus on spending it on your existing clients. And that's one of the reasons we went into the newsletters is nobody's, you know, communicating with your, with your own clients, but you're out there spending all that money to get new ones. So that's just the, 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 the space that we decided to get into. And, and again, one of the things we did plenty of things wrong, but one of the things that we did do right was, um, go into an industry that or go into a model that people need you over and over and over again. It's not just something you do one time and, and then put down. And then we just did an amazing job with it. And uh, the results kind of speak for themselves. Like we literally had some clients for 10, 11, 12 years and we still do. 
we still have some clients that have been around for that long, even though we've kind of transitioned, you know, as things have changed in the industry. And so you had that, you, you recognize that in building the business that this, before you even made a dollar on day one, maybe not on day one, but before you made your first dollar, you knew that this is something that people get into and they're going to need it over and over and over and over again. And you have the foresight to see that for years to come, this is something they're still going to need. Yeah. Even though the people chase the sexy new client and that's where a lot, most of the dollars go. It's where most of the focus go in the company, but honestly where the real action is at, and the real numbers are at are in retention. Uh, if you have a business that has to keep selling over and over and over again, and you can't keep the same clients, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Uh, there's a lot of them, um, most amazing businesses. I mean, they can make, you can make a lot of money at a business where you do that. It's just, we've always been about the relationships and newsletters and blogs are all about the relationships and keeping relationships. So yeah, that's, I, I could say I definitively started out with that intention in mind. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And, and even now building out this other side of the business with the LinkedIn side, it's even, it's so much reaffirming still even to the value of building a piece of the business that you, um, you can keep clients on for, for a long period of time. It may not be the sexy $10,000 a month agency retainer, but um, in the long term, the lifetime value of the client is still higher. Absolutely. Yeah. You can make a lot more money up front from a client uh, in the beginning of something that is not recurring. But when you run the numbers, you can charge a lot less money. But when, and when you run the numbers of a retention rate of three years, five years, whatever, eight years, 10 years, uh, the retention rate is going to beat out the big money up front uh, pretty much almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. And just even speaking to other sales or business development folks or, or uh, entrepreneurs, business owners is one of them, one of the massive things I, cause I came from, you know, doing door to door sales uh, heavily and, and running these, they're, they're quick transactional type sales, consumer sales, but they're still high dollar, you know, 50K, 100K. And so I had the perception of like the, you know, fun, the, the sexy thing is sales, fill the sales pipeline, right? That's the sexy thing is pump the sales pipeline full. And, you know, those that are going to buy, they're going to buy. But I've really learned the value from you over the years of every... <laughs> Uh, what is it? Every lead matters. Hashtag all leads matter. All, all leads matter is our motto is, is really taking the time to, to put together proposals, to consult with those clients and really, really spend some deep time with them before you even present a price to them. You know, the real money, this is not going to sound revolutionary, but it really is to be honest with you. The real money is in building out your product and service to make it great. Whether it's a product, a service, whatever it is, make it amazing, keep improving upon it, Reten and getting the retention that you're looking for or the, or the word of mouth or the referrals. And um, that's really where your marketing dollars should be spent is in your product and service. And the rest kind of 
you know, will work its way out. And have a great, awesome smoking team behind you to, to take care of that client. Yeah. Well, product service team, get the right people around you, uh, have a business that people are going to love what you do enough to keep coming back over and over again. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about ideas. Cause that was what you really wanted to talk about, but I'm pretty good at getting us sidetracked is how, what are, what, what is the first phase in, in your experience in your mind of taking, um, well, first off, why is it even important to be taking an idea from idea to business? Well, if you really think about it, Connor, and I didn't know this when I, 18 years ago, when I started uh, Proven Systems, Active Blogs, and I wrote the first ideas down on a bar napkin, um, I didn't really know. Were you drinking beer or tequila at the time? You know, probably at that time, I was probably just drinking a couple beers. Yeah, you're probably having a beer now, huh? Yeah, yeah. Now I... Now I've graduated up to uh, good tequilas and other fine wines and things like that, but I was probably just starting out with a beer back then. But I, I didn't even realize the power of an idea in your head. Didn't understand the power of it. But if you really, and most people don't because it's invisible, right? If you really think about it, almost everything that's created out there in the world, in the real world has been created with an idea it's just people see the tangible thing and you know and think of the tangible thing right but they don't really think about how that thing came into existence and so um why is it important to be able to turn an idea into something real it's because that's where the juice in the innovation in any business and industry is uh otherwise you're really just following what everybody else is already out there doing. And so for, you know, instance in um, every business eventually turns into a commodity. Uh, you know, you've seen the bell curve of the business model where it starts out early adapters and then you kind of go up here and now it's mature. And then, so if you want to keep a business for more than just the maturity model and kind of keep going and driving it forward, you have to realize that, um, you're going to have to reinvent your business. And we've had to do that um, three times now to go from where we kind of our original idea to where we are today because of what was going out there in the, in the universe. And we were in a business that really uh, has turned into a commodity. A lot of people are. And when you find yourself there, it's the idea, the new idea, the fresh idea that's going to get you out of it and keep you rolling forward. What's the next step from there? Yeah, so and actually, um, wait, real, real quick. Um, uh, before you jump on that, what are uh, what are uh, what are some ways that you yourself or you know others uh, leverage to create those ideas? Like, what are um, is it is it come from a certain state of consciousness that you realize you find yourself in, or certain activity? Um, what is that? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's what a lot of people ask me. Um, I just want to back up because it's, it's still, you have understanding the importance of taking an idea and turning it into something real. 
um, can be used in so many different ways. And um, I'm going to talk here in a moment and answer your question about how to do it. But I think first, what's most important is how people can use it in their own real lives and careers, whether you're working for somebody, whether you're unemployed, or whether you're um, building or growing a business. Um, you can use it to start a business. You can use it to grow a business, um, come up with an invention. Um, if you really think about it, even taking a trip, okay, so you start out with a trip. Hey, I want to go to Bali. Okay, well, what do I got to do to go to Bali? You know, you find the hotel. You blah, blah, blah. Bali? Yeah, Bali. Is it Bali? Yeah, that's my New York accent. Oh, oh, it's Bali. Yeah. It's you, Bali. You say it the Colorado way, I say it the New York uh, way. Isn't it pronounced yeah. Bali? <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. So, for you know, any life improvement to get you from where you are to where you want to go, um, if you could take an idea in your head and turn it into the real thing, um, that's what kind of separates, um, you know, people from being able to kind of live in the way that they want to live. So, uh, now to answer your question, how do you come up with ideas? Okay, so what I um, I don't say I have the lock on how to do this because there's a lot more people that study this and are better at it than I did. I kind of more fell into it. But um, so if you don't normally, there's a lot of people ask me, well, I don't really have any great ideas or whatever. Um, the first thing you, you have to do in my mind is you got to get out of your head and you got to get out of your normal day of what you do. You got to get out of work, your family's problems, your stress, your relationship problems, your money problems, and you have to set those things off to the side for a time. That's the first thing, okay? And then the next thing is um, once you're able to kind of get the time set aside and get out of your head, uh, you, you could call it meditation, you could call it deep thought, but the idea is to clear your head and and get inside of um, or get outside of your head and just have thoughts kind of float by. So now you're not thinking about you got to pay the rent next month and you kind of blank out your, uh, your mind. Now some ideas are going to start kind of coming through. And, and then you kind of just have to say, Hmm, that idea makes me feel good. Or that idea kind of makes me feel like crap. Um, uh, there's, you know, you could get good ideas and you could get uh, negative ideas along those lines. And you just have to decide what you want more of and what you want less of. So the first thing is um, you got your phone off, you're meditating, you're relaxing. Okay. Uh, and, and, and leave enough time. You know, you can't, I can't do it in five minutes, 10 minutes. Leave yourself a good 30 minute block, an hour block, a half a day block. I mean, really, you know, you got to get out of your normal existence um people people underestimate the value of just stepping away from something yeah and i i, I kind of have a couple um little secrets that i'll share with everybody that makes it easier for me okay so get out of your normal habits uh anything like a hot tub outdoors a sauna a swimming pool you know get in that pool uh, get, get, get it out of your head, you know, get in nature, a mountain, a waterfall. Um, I have some of my best ideas when I'm driving really fast. <laughs> uh, take a trip, you know, go to a hotel room by yourself and, and just, you know, get away by yourself and get the thoughts, you know, out of your head and, and relax. You have to be in a relaxed state. 
That's really what it boils down to. All those little cheats I just gave you, um, like keep the good ideas and let go of the bad ones. Yeah, flow, it's flow, getting into flow state, what's called yeah. a flow state, which is, which is fascinating because I think it's something we've always known back in, in, in the – uh, in the Roman days, even like they, they, they knew about flow states and were using substance, substances to shift their consciousness and to get these ideas and build empires. And then we got into the modern industrial world. And I think a lot of your generation, uh, especially the baby boomers, there's kind of a, a pride in don't slow down, just keep working through it and like muscle your way through it and like grind through it. But I think you're unique in that you um, see the value in like really stepping back, quieting the mind, getting into a meditative state. And that's when you do your best problem solving, not just coming up with business ideas, but I think you're also talking about problem solving, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Problem solving. Um, yeah. It's a badge of, it's considered a badge of honor of honor in this day and age and in the industrial age, you know, to work, 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 go, work, work, go, work, work, go, go. Yeah, ex exactly. And, um, and quite frankly, that's probably the thing getting in your way, you know, because you could uh, make huge leaps and bounds by doing some of the things that we're suggesting here. And so um, how do you make something actually come alive and become real just from a thought in your head? That's really um, the thing. And I, I kind of, I just kind of have a five step process. I don't even think about it anymore. But when you, when you told me today that we're going to talk about ideas and turning ideas into a real thing, I kind of, you know, jotted down, you know, how am I going to help other people or how am I going to let other people know how to, how to do this? You're just going to leave us hanging like that? Oh, well, do you want to know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you made it. <laughs> just, just a big old cliffhanger there. <laughs> you, you, you're leading into it. You're like, I've got this fantastic five-step process for you. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, man, share it with us. Let's I thought we were done. Oh, yeah, we can wrap this up. Guys, sorry, you're going to have to listen to part two, so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. <laughs> So the first thing, the first thing is the idea and the thought is the first thing that has, you have to get in your mind. And if you can think it, if you can think it, um, you can make it happen. Like there's something about just being able to think it. If you can't think it and it's, you're not even coming up with it as a thought, it's because it may be out of reach. But if you come up with it as a thought, so think of just the thought as kind of like a seed. You know, it's not planted yet. It's just a seed. It could be a positive or a negative thought and the negative ones, um, you know, you just kind of want to listen to them maybe and let them go. And then the positive ones, um, you may want to decide is something you want to focus on. And then, so that's step one is just, you know, getting into yourself to that state and getting that first idea. But pause on that real quick. Cause I think how, how do you, how do you resist the temptation to dwell on that negative thought, which I think most people end up doing because for some reason, it's easier to, to, to resonate on that negative thought versus positive thought. If you're resonating on the thoughts that you, uh, that make you feel good, um, then you're in the right place. So, uh, 
don't um, don't disregard or like you don't want to kill the negative thought. Maybe just think about it, learn from it, and then move it on. Think of them as like little clouds that float by you. Okay, that one you want to let it keep going, and the good ones, hmm, maybe there's maybe there's something there to that good one. And not all thoughts are meant to be acted on. I mean, you you want to take you know you only have so much time in a day, and so you just when something makes you feel good inside and it's kind of resonating and feeling right, then that's something you may want to dwell in a little bit. So uh, uh, would you like to go on to number two? Yeah, cool. Number two is, um, you know, it's an idea in your head. Uh, writing it down captures the idea and gets it out of your head. So you're at least getting the idea out of your head, the ones that make you feel good and the, the ones that you think are seeds that you would like to grow into something later, get them down on a piece of paper, um, make them visible, play around with it, have fun with it, decide whether you want to grow it further or whether it's just another thing that you want to uh, set off. Not everything was meant to pursue in some way, shape or form. What, what's, what's the value of writing something down versus if I just typed it in into a word document or, um, you know, just, recorded it on my phone well uh i think either are good like you can write them down into a word get them down on on paper you know uh it, it, is there something to maybe sitting there and writing it maybe it just makes your mind dwell on it a little differently or better I'm, I'm kind of a visual person so i may draw a few little diagrams or you know like uh triangles or or something that kind of helps me think through it a little bit more but putting it down in a Word document. I feel like a Word document's a little more one-dimensional and you're just typing, whereas a piece of paper, you're, you could actually pictures, diagrams, and, and things like that. I personally, um, you know, it's probably a generational thing. Like, I, I know plenty of people would just rather go blah, 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 but I actually still carry something that I, I write on every yeah. day. I, I don't know. I find a lot of... A lot of uh peers my age still write a lot of stuff. I still write a lot of stuff down because I remember it better than if I just type it into a document and then goes off into the, into the ethosphere. Yeah. And, and this is something, I think we even kind of touched on this in, in our fir the first time we did this uh, podcast together was the, um, you, you see someone comes up with that invention or that idea and you're like, well, damn it. I came up with that like 10 years ago, but that it's because it never took that first step that you're talking about here and getting it from your head to some tangible, that's the first step is jotting, writing, or drawing it down some way or another. Yeah. I'm a billionaire from all the ideas that I have. Yeah. Right? I'm sure. <laughs> that's not how I've made my money. Uh, so yeah. So step number three is if you, if you still like the idea uh, visualize it, embellish it, create a movie in your head with it, put color to it, put life to it, put emotion behind it, um, and then see how it makes you feel. You feeling better? This is awesome thing, right? Uh, feeling pretty neutral about it? Nah, don't waste your time on neutrality, right? If it feels sucky and something like you wish you never, you know, would have thought about or brought up, then, you know, it may be one of those uh, things you just want to kind of like tear up the piece of paper and, you know, let it go. And that's step number, yep, go ahead. Nope, go ahead. Yep, uh, step number four is if you still I really- thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna make me ask if I want it again. Nah, I learned not to wait for you to ask, so we're good. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So if you still really like the idea, if you love the idea, um, take that idea now. You've already kind of seen it in your head. You've written it, the basic idea down on a piece of paper and turn it into a basic outline. Okay. So this is now uh, you're, you know, you're kind of spending a little bit more time on it. And when I say an outline, I'm not talking about a business plan or uh, something in depth, like you don't need funding for it at this point. Just, you know, maybe here's the five things to get from where I am now to get where I am today. You know, like, let's say, let's say it's just a trip that you want to take to Bali. You want to go to Bali, you know, maybe you need to block the time off from work. Maybe you need to get on Airbnb and find the place you want to stay. Maybe you got to nail down your uh, airline tickets. And then the next thing you know, you're sitting on a beach in Bali. Okay. Taking an idea in your head into something tangible. Yeah. Um, and, well, then, and, and, and pause on that real quick. Cause I think yeah. this is where so many people get stuck in the process is someone who's never been around a business startup or started their own business or put their own idea into fruition is they have this perception of what that actually means and that they need to build out this big, cause this is what, this is what the school system teaches you is got to have this big formal business plan and everything's got to be laid out and your budget and, and everything has to be spilled out. But um, it doesn't even have to be that. Like it can literally, you can build a, hundred million dollar company on a bar napkin from a single main idea and then three bullet points about the business and take it from there and then evolve as you go along. Yeah. Yeah. And right now you're just trying to take that thing that you, uh, you've already seen it. You've seen the vision of it in your head and and now you just want to kind of, Hey, if I really wanted to pursue this, what, what would I have to do to make it happen? Just like that trip to Bali. So, but here, I want everybody to understand here, this is the place that almost everybody fails. It's very simple. Don't overthink it. But this is where everybody fails. You want to know why, Cutter? Because they don't turn their cell phones off during podcasts. <laughs> That's one reason. But you want to know why a lot of people okay, fail? <laughs> yes. <next reason>. <laughs> <laughs> Step number one, never have your dad do a podcast with you. <laughs> and they don't have great colorful shirts like you do, which by the way, if you've ever met, met Mark Doobie in the flesh, he's always got an awesome friggin' shirt every single day, a different, different button up. Well, because, um, colors. absolutely. Well, again, cause color is one of those things that, uh, it, again, I'm in marketing, so yeah, but also color is one of those things that, um, helps you resonate with, with things, you know, uh, that are good. And so I, you know, I'm a big, uh, big fan behind color. Uh, but here's, here's what I, um, really want to make sure everybody really understands this. When you're taking this from the idea and you're writing it down into something a little bit more formal, like one, I'm talking like one page outline, you know, here's where I am. Here's what I would have to do. This is where that little voice in the back of your head is like, Oh, you can't do that because of this. Oh, that's not going to work because of that. Oh, you know, you're not in this place where you can do that. I mean, you, every perceivable, it's not going to happen all at once. That little voice is going to happen over time, but it's going to te be telling you 
all the reasons that this is the most ridiculous thing, most ridiculous idea on the face of the earth and why you should kind of go back to your day job. And don't even worry about it because at this point, you're, it doesn't matter. Like, uh, again, take it in, maybe realize where it's coming from and let it go. Um, you know, you haven't invested $100 million in anything yet. You know, all you're doing is putting it down on a piece of paper. Don't worry about those ideas. But those, I, those things that come up in everybody's head are the life killers, the deal killers of 98% of things that could or should be invented out there. Does, does that resonate with you, Connor? Like, have you had that happen to you before? Yeah, I mean, um, so many times. But, uh, but I can speak to this podcast even where it was just an idea and I see, hmm. I still see the end vision of it. And I've had so many people approach me who have wanted to start a podcast or have started a podcast and it never gets off the ground. They never stay consistent with it. They, they lose focus on it. And, um, and I didn't come up with some formal plan. Like this was going to be a television show and something totally different to what it is now, but I just got started and then I made refinements from there as I went along. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So does anybody want to know step number five or do we wait till next time on that nah, one? Nah, just drop it. Off the <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a problem in interviewing a marketer is you have to opt in every time you want to get that bye next bye. of information. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Trying, yeah, so. trying to make people opt in for that next, next piece here. And yeah, no, yeah. this is really great. And this is something we've taught from, <laughs> we've had guests, that have founded restaurants and multi-million dollar, you know, speaking uh, careers and, and, and book famous authors and speakers. And almost every one of them talks about this. And I don't think it can, it's not a, I don't think it can be drilled on enough is um, you start with the idea, you take the micro steps to get it out. And then you actually have to take action on it consistently take action on it to get it to, monetize and to get it to work. And, and uh, sometimes it even takes longer than you anticipate to get something off the ground. But focus, back to focus again, helps you to get to that point. Yeah. And, you know, you, um, uh, you're always so good at, um, you know, kind of seeing that and you've done that in your own life. And I totally, you know, have watched you get better and better and better at it. It's something I've tried to teach you since you're in the business, you know, and you, you and I like strategizing over new ideas and, you know, another example of an idea that we um, kind of taken and um, just turned it from nothing into something is, uh, is the webinar that we created. Huh, yeah. And, um, yeah. If, uh, if anybody hadn't seen the webinar yet, it's, it's the missing links to LinkedIn success activeblogs.com uh, forward slash webinar. Yeah, absolutely. Free training, free LinkedIn training. Yep. Uh, it's, we, we tried to make it fun. Uh, edutainment, you know, it's got some music, it's got some fun, it's got some silliness, which always happens when we're together. And then it's got some educational, you know, stuff as well. 
And then, even uh, some fun sexual humor. Give it a listen. Give it a watch. <laughs> and, then, um, and then, of course, uh, uh, I, I'm probably going to let the cat out of the bag here, but our uh, LinkedIn, um, missing links to LinkedIn online training program uh, that is about uh, halfway done right now. That came from an idea in our head. It's, uh, I love watching this thing um, kind of go from that idea to you know, just kind of getting it down on paper. We're, we're doing everything that we're talking about here um, currently with, with this uh, new online training program that we're creating. Uh, it's super fun that I get to do it with you. And it's just uh, coming along. You know, I, I think it's going to be a great work of art once it's done and uh, valuable to a lot of people. So, so with that said, and uh, trying not to turn this into an advertisement, uh, be looking for that at a theater near you pretty soon, folks. Well, it's just good. It's just good um, validation that we are about what we're what we absolutely talk about. I mean, I'm even with with the business, even in terms of what it is we sell to our clients in the marketing arena, we use the same system process strategy to grow our own business and that's why we're so passionate about helping our clients with it yeah damn man i can tell you trying to put that webinar together um from complete idea to to uh to you know fruition and building this training program it's like you and i just keep saying over and over it's like if it was easy everybody would do it and that's <laughs> being, being a man. I don't know what it'd be like to have a baby, like to birth a baby. But honestly, I kind of. <laughs> it's kind of. <laughs> I'm kind of feeling right now like we got half the baby in and half the baby out, and we gotta deliver that baby, and that's painful. <laughs> Are we so, going head first or feet first? I don't know. <laughs> it may be breached right now, but uh, we're trying. <laughs> We're trying to get over the tip of that. And so not to gross anybody out, but and I, I'm sure everybody kind of wants to know what that number five uh, bullet point is. Well, and, I will, and hold on real quick. Yeah. Just, just before we jump on to number five, just to keep you guys on a cliffhanger here <laughs> is um, I, don't, I don't think I could have done this on, in a vacuum on my own. And I don't think you could have done it in a vacuum on your own. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs try to develop out these ideas completely in a vacuum goes back to mile high mentors. You know, the whole premise of this is you in each individual genre, you need to have somebody there to reaffirm your ideas and bounce ideas. Cause how many ideas, I mean, even so you and I are such idea people, we've come up with a hundred different business ideas out of this main business that we've, we've stayed focused. We've done a pretty good job at, being focused, but how many times have you come to me and been like, oh, we should, we should do this and, and we should, this is what we need to do. This is absolutely what we need to do. And then I shut the idea down or I bring something to you. I'm like, yes, this is it. This is the end all be all. You're like, no, that's stupid. No, you wouldn't actually say that, but in a nicer way, maybe, I guess it depends if we've had any tequila or not. But um, uh, having people to validate ideas instead of just trying to do everything in a vacuum, even our team, we ask our team, we you know, asked for their feedback on a lot of stuff. And that group think has molded how we create our service for our clients is just even feedback from our team without the feedback from our team. We could have gone in a totally different direction. Yeah, that's, that's true. I think um, being a business uh, owner 
who kind of invented the idea in my head. Uh, our business was built by ideas. So I think we've traditionally really respected the ideas um, that come from our, 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 our folks that work with us, our team members, our clients, and, and, and things like that. And so, yeah, I, I like, and that's why you have to respect the value of an idea. And um, I, I try not to tell him it's a stupid idea, but I think he's learned that when I change the subject and just I'm ready to go to lunch, then uh, he probably knows it's not something I want to pursue. Not, not always. Sometimes you just get hangry and want to take off to lunch. That's a, that's a whole other story. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and vice versa. I've cut shit off pretty quick because – because, uh, you know, we've been fasting all day, doing our, doing our fasting thing, and we, we start eating each other's heads off, and those ideas go nowhere. But That's, feedback, You didn't say shit on the podcast, did you? I've said shit on probably every podcast. I'll hi mentors. Hey, but that, but, but, but that's who I am authentically. That may not be how other people are, and that's okay. Um, but, uh, but feedback is also really important in that idea generation process even though it sucks um, and someone may shut you down, like even asking your clients, Hey, what's your feedback on this? And what do you think of this? Or asking your team, what do you think on this? You may not like the response, but it's going to help you much more in the long run. All right. What's number five. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> <laughs> number five is actually counterintuitive. Most people would think that it's taking um, action on your ideas and taking action is a very important part of the mix. So I don't wanna underestimate that because nothing's gonna come about without taking action. Um, but, but I would say the most important thing on number five is to make a decision. Okay, so you can take an action on something and still haven't really fully made a decision on it and you're not necessarily committed to it. So um, it's all fun and games up until number five, because um, number five is you make a decision and then you do start to take action. And, and at that point, it's taking time, energy, effort, money, investment, resources, dollars, um, opportunity costs from what you could be doing and other things. And so you got to make that decision that it's a go, whether it's an idea, no matter what it is. And then, and then action is um, part of that, making the decision. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really all I have for you. Like if you just really follow that formula, um, get in a relaxed state, come up with an idea, decide if you love, love the idea, hate the idea, get rid of the idea, whatever, get it down on paper, um, get it down in a format to uh, visualize it so that you can see it and get a chance to really see if you want it, build out a, build out a little mini plan about it, make a decision and boom, you are turning an idea into something great. You still believe in the adage, it's better to take the wrong action, but take action versus not taking action at all and refining, like making adjustments as you go along. It's painful sometimes, but yes, I, I, I do believe in that. Um, I mean, don't just willy-nilly go into something. You know, again, go through this process. Make sure it feels great. Make sure you want to invest time, effort, and energy with it. But then after that, uh, you know, balls to the wall. Go, go after it. Pursue it. 10x it. 
take massive action, whatever it's going to take to get you from point A to point B. And you will see, you will see how um, it's just a simple idea in your head that nobody can see, feel, taste, or touch will turn into your reality. So before Mark ups and walks away in the middle of the podcast again, any, anything else that you want to touch on or, or share while we got the time? Uh, yeah, I, I think um, sometimes it's easy to take like the big goal in life that you have. Like, you know, I want to become a doctor, you know, in 10 days or less. Um, I, I find it's easy. It's kind of like working out, right? Like you want to flex your muscles. And as human beings, we kind of all want to see fast results and also kind of first see that it's going to work. And so um, start it with something small, like, like a trip, you know, take a trip to somewhere you never, maybe you weren't even thinking about or something you have been thinking about and you just haven't done, um, you know, start it there. Uh, so just go through those five steps with something as simple as a trip or something as simple as a recipe or food, like go cook something, you know, I have an idea to make, you know, upside down cheesecake, whatever it is, you know, just start it with an idea. Ever- made an upside down cheesecake in the history of what I could remember. No, I'm definitely more of an, a meat eater, but, um, upside down steak cake. Yeah, there you go. Upside down ribeye. <laughs> yeah. That, that I've seen a few times. Yeah. But start, start small and start gaining your own self-confidence of how you could take something from an idea. Cause right now you may not be believing that you can, um, and just go through the whole process, see it happen. And then when you're out there sitting on the beach in Bali, um, say to yourself, wow, how did I get here? And you've just, you've just turned something from an idea into a, you know, a reality. So, so your, your, your thought on that is taking an idea from concept to fruition is just like working any other muscle or building other, any other habit. It's like any other flywheel of success as you do it. Yeah. Yeah you get the little baby wins and then you build upon it from there, but it's a habit. It's a habit. Just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And once you do more of it and once you get in the habit and once you have the confidence in yourself, um, uh, the sky's the limit for what you want to do. And so like, it's, you know, again, everybody does a vacation, right? Like they, some people plan it out more or less. So you're doing this already. This is something you were born to do. It's, It's just a matter of trusting it and um, building the muscle up to do it. And then now taking that with important life decisions and important things, business decisions and business things and turning, turning it into uh, higher and more important uh, things in your life. Yeah. Mark Doobie, how can people get in contact with you? M-A-R-C at activeblogs.com. It's just Mark with a C at activeblogs.com. Are we going to get you an Instagram page this year since you're going to be doing more podcasts and uh, media appearances? Uh, yeah, I'll, I guess I have an open mind to it. <laughs> build, you a, build you a Mark Doobie Facebook page. We'll, uh, we can just put your face on a billboard like they did, in the, back, you did back in the real estate days. Well, when I have a son like you, I really don't need to do any of those things. I just kind of like to sit back in my corner. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, guys, appreciate you listening. Don't forget before you leave today to subscribe and leave a review. 
and uh, really helps with the rankings. We'll see you on the other side. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. The Plug Agency is here to connect you to the full power of podcasting. You just record and leave the rest to us. The people are listening and want to hear from you. Theplug-agency.com. That's theplug-agency.com. Click the link in the episode description for an exclusive offer.